Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Good to be, amen, able to hear the word of God, amen, no matter what. Technology is both wonderful and can be bad, but praise God for it. Praise God. We can at least virtually gather together. And so I just want to thank all of you uh, that prayed for us, amen. As many of you know, I was... I wasn't feeling well, so thank God for all of you that prayed. I pray for all those that were sick in body. We thank you for your faithfulness in that area as well. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Amen. Acts chapter 8. And I want to give a shout out to my boys. They took care of me and my wife while we were sick. And so, Andre Nehemiah, God bless you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Praise God. If they can be faithful, we can be faithful. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8, verse, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. You know, I had COVID-19, no secret there. And having to isolate, I had to isolate from what I was used to. I was used to being around my family. I'm used to going to work. I'm used to doing different things, being in the church house. And so having to isolate from that, I, I noticed something. And what I noticed, as weird as it may sound, it felt weird to interact with my family again. That there was this thing where once I came out of that isolation, that going back into populace, if you will, that it felt weird. It felt weird to kind of interact with my children. It felt weird, in a sense, to interact with my wife. And I, it felt like that I had missed so much that I missed too much and I couldn't catch up to everything. It seemed like my kids had gotten 10 feet taller and, and everything was happening. And I'm like, man, I've, I've missed so much and it's weird to interact. But God gave me a lesson here of reconnecting. Anytime we see, if you will, a quarantine in the Bible or a separation of, of a time for the people of God, what you will find is that the, the, the people of God reconnect. In other words, the people, we must reconnect with the spiritual things of God. We must reconnect with the people of God. And we must reconnect with the destiny of God. And so tonight, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about reconnection. And we're going to read our text tonight, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 9. You follow along with me tonight as you're home. Amen. We're going to start in verse 1. The Bible tells us, Now Saul was consenting his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, count, uh, committing them to prison. Verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. In verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. We'll stop there, church, tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, God for the ability to do, God, and to preach your word. And I pray, God, that you would help us tonight. But I pray, God, help us to reconnect 
God, to you, to the people of God, to all that you have had for us, that you have for us. And we thank you for the opportunity to do so. And I pray, God, bless your word tonight. And let all that would hear, God, be impacted by the your word tonight. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all as God people said, amen and amen. Reconnecting after COVID-19 tonight. Reconnecting after COVID-19. Let's start, amen, with the separator. In verse 1 of our text, the Bible says... Uh, at that time, great there was a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and uh, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Through the book of Acts, the church has been under tremendous pressure. Chapter 7, amen, is where we see the first martyr of the New Testament in Stephen. We come to our main text and now read that the church is now scattered. Throughout history, the plan, amen, has always been to split the church, or rather to destroy the church. Strategies in place to take down the hope of the world on the earth, which is the church. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a, that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do, uh, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what better way to keep people in darkness than to destroy light? How do you kill, amen, amen, the church is by separating the church. The way to kill the church, amen, is to separate the church. In other words, things that will cause a divide. I think it would be safe to say that COVID-19 has been one of the biggest separators that we've seen in our lifetime in regards, amen, to the church and the impact that it has made on the church but there are other separators out there. We have political separators. Many of you have been watching the news and you've seen uh, the things that happened at Capitol Hill. And so what are we seeing? Now we're seeing these separations take place, amen. And now it's not Republican. Now it's conservative or Republican. Things are beginning to divide, amen. We have the racial separator. No need for me to go into that one. We've seen that, to, amen, throughout 2020, amen, of this racial separator to the point, amen, where it's beginning to bleed into the church. All these have crept in for one purpose, to scatter the body. But see, the demonic strategies don't stop. The strategies of the world continue, but remember, we're talking about separators. Look at verse 3 of our main text. As far as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging men and women, committing them to prison. The separators, amen, come after the church, but ultimately it will cause division within the people of God. So I want you to understand, I'm not talking about being separated from a building, amen, what I'm I'm talking about is the people within being separate the bible tells us that i just read to you that saul amen went into the personal spaces of the people amen and began to wreak havoc in their homes in other words the enemy wants to attack our lives and cause separation within our homes so that it bleeds into the church if hell and earth can put fear in you 
if they can cause your faith to go to the wayside, if hell can find a way into your marriage and begin to separate you and your spouse and even your children, amen, if these separators can cause your heart to grow cold, then you can have the ability to be scattered not only from the body, but also from Jesus Christ himself. Saul entered into the personal space of the people of God, attacking whatever and whoever was in that house, and the same strategy is today that hell is still trying to go into the homes of believers and separate them there so that they bring it to the church. But replace Saul with media. Yeah, hey, I said it. It is what it is, folks. I'm not saying media is necessarily bad and, and, and that, you know, just throw it away. But what I am saying is that it is perpetuating things, amen, um, that had we not seen 20 and 30 years ago, we wouldn't be having these problems. So replace Saul with social media. Wreaking havoc in your home. Facebook is wreaking havoc in your home. The only way people now uh, form opinions now is by what YouTube said. The cell phone and social media platforms alike begin to rip us apart, even as a body in Christ. All of a sudden, now, now we're having Facebook arguments. How do you argue over Facebook? We're having Twitter arguments. Did you see on Twitter? Did you see what he said? Well, I think he's right. Well, I think. What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? Do you understand what I'm saying? These separators. Just like in the book of Acts, trying to scatter the people of God. I was reading an article about the state of the church, and I came across this interesting uh, poll here. And it says in this poll that only 35% of people, amen, who are claimed to be believers are still going to the same church pre-COVID that they were going to pre-COVID. I want you to think about that. 35. 32% have stopped attending church altogether because of COVID. Think of this with me. Not only is the number of people that are going to church, only 35% of people are going to the same church and attending the same church pre-COVID as in COVID. But then right behind it, 32% don't even go to church anymore because of what COVID did. Do you see the separations that are taking place? 32% of people who say they love God have left him. The separators. But let's look secondly at reconnection. What I've come to see is that in the climate that we are in, that people are having a hard time just reconnecting. In other words, people are unable to adjust to normal life pre-COVID, pre-racial tension. And we see it now. It's getting harder for people to go back and connect to, back to what they were doing before all of this COVID mess, before all of this racial tension, before all of this thing that really came to a head. People are having a hard time just getting back to normal life. But this should not be so with the church. 
Because no matter the persecution, no matter the separators, the world may change, but the mandate of the church does not. So as far as the church, we should never have a problem reconnecting because we know who we are and we know what we are connected to. Can you say amen? No, verse 4 of our text says this, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles in which he did. Those that were scattered didn't sit and stay scattered. And that's what I want to tell some of you tonight. I understand, amen, that we had to go under a two-week hiatus. I understand, amen, different things happened, and so we had to do what we had to do. But the bottom line is that though we are scattered, amen, we still have a job to do. That though we may be scattered, amen, for various reasons, it is up to us to reconnect, amen, and reconnect with the people of God, reconnect with the destiny of God, and go out and preach the word of God. They didn't stay scattered and just sit there in their homes hoping everything to be over with. Verse 4, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. People understood that their scattering meant that they could bring the loss to Christ. In other words, they didn't stay in a divided mode, but went out and said, well, if I can't gather with the people of God, I'm going to gather people to God. That if I can't gather in the church, if I can't go to the storehouse, if I can't be with the people of God, well, I'm at least preach the word of God and bring people to him. They went out to unite people to Christ. And we as the people of God must connect to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray, uh, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out lambs among wolves. Verse 8, whatever city you enter. And they receive you, eat such things as set before you, and heal their sick, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The mandate doesn't leave because of separators. He says, I send you out, sheep among wolves. I, I, they're going to be on the attack. They're going to try to get you, but I send you out anyway. See, though we've been separated for a time, we still need to rejoin in the work. We are not to stay home forever. And I know it. I get it. You get to eat Cheetos. You don't have to get dressed. I know some of you have saved a ton on your water bill because you're not taking showers. And I get all that. I understand all that. But we are not to stay home forever. We are not to live in fear of what may be. But we are to rejoin in what Christ has told his church to do, told his people to preach. We must reconnect after COVID-19. They gave themselves back to the work. 
and they can listen to me not only they they reconnect amen with witnessing amen but then they reconnected with the power of Christ X chapter 8 verse 6 and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing what the miracles which he did verse 7 for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many and who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed they preached Christ and they demonstrated that power church they demonstrated who Christ is and what he can do and we must get back to our roots we must never forget that we are connected to the power of Christ and in this moment of quarantine, you may feel disconnected. In this moment, amen, of quarantine, you may feel like, where's the power? Well, I'm here to tell you that the power is still here. And we must reconnect with that. Some of you need to reconnect through prayer again. Some of you need to reconnect through praying again, through uh, reading again, through fellowshipping again, through all the things that brought us to where we are now. We must never forget our roots. And we must never disconnect from them. I was reading a story about Rick Warren. And in this story, he's talking about never reopening his church till 2022. Now listen to me, I'm no Rick Warren fan. But I know he has a lot of people in that church. And I know, and, I, and I'm thinking about this going, for what? Never, recon never reconnecting again. Listen to me. On hey, online, I love you guys. Eat. But th this is not church, folks. I'm sorry. Th this, is, this is not the new way. But here it is a man saying, I'm not going to reopen the church till next year. How many people do you think are going to survive that? Well, you're supposed to have your own relationship. I understand that, but there is a reason why Christ put the church in play. There is a reason why the church was birthed, amen. There is a reason why in Hebrews 10, God, tell, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews tells him, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves. There is a reason for that. Because as you see the day approaching, strengthen each other. As you see the day approaching, help each other. Let me make a statement to you before I, I move on here. I am not making light of COVID-19. I'm not making light of the possible deaths through COVID-19. I'm not making light of what is happening in our nation. Not at all. But yet and still, he said, I send you out sheep among wolves. In other words, no matter what is happening in the world, the church doesn't change. So please don't take me wrong here and think I'm making light of what's happening. No, no, no. We ought to take this seriously. But in the same breath, how much more should we take preaching the gospel and reconnecting to what God has called us to do and reconnecting to each other even more seriously? We got to get back to our roots and we can never forget that. Luke chapter 24, verse 48. Behold. I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, until you are connected. 
See, God, amen, sent us to, he sent his Holy Ghost that we would be connected always, that it would be inside of us. And because it's inside of us, it now needs to be shown to the world, amen. We ought to preach the gospel, but then demonstrate the gospel. If we believe people will get healed, then why don't we go to where we know people are sick and start praying? Why don't we call our family members up we, that we know have COVID-19 and start praying for them? Why don't we believe God for those, amen, that we know have different ailments or different, listen to me, or different demons, folks? Yes, different demons. I know your uncle's out there, and he got some things going on. And you know what he needs? Not just more uh, civil counseling. He doesn't need another drink. He needs a touch of the Holy Ghost. And who is going to bring that? Somebody who's going to give him the gospel. We can't forget what we're supposed to do. In perilous times, the church is not to cower down. Because people need hope. Can I ask y'all a question? If the church loses hope, where are they going to run to? Where are they going to run to? If the church never, if the church doesn't show hope, it doesn't show faith, where are they going to find it? That's why we first need to be reconnected. Always remember that the church was birthed from power from on high in the midst of persecution. That's where the in Acts chapter two, when you read it, amen, listen to me. They weren't just praying in the upper room because it was the thing to do. They were praying for direction. But listen to me, they were connected. They gathered together in prayer and saying, you know what, all this craziness that's happened, we can't lose fellowship. We can't lose togetherness. And so we will pray together. We're going to believe God together. And boom, they are filled with Holy Ghost power. And all of a sudden, people are getting saved left and right. Why can't we see that here in Newport News? Why, why can't we see that here in the Hampton Roads area? It's because they decided to reconnect. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, by, uh, nothing shall by any means hurt you. We still have power, folks. We still have power. The power has not left because of the climate of our nation. The power has not left the church because we're seeing these different issues. It should be the church that attacks those issues and goes, yes, that's happening. And that's why you need your savior. This is all strategy. I was just talking to my wife about this. Uh, I, I, recently, I don't know how you know, up you are on the news, but recently there have been pastors and, and people of the faith that have been caught in scandal, amen, that have been removed from their churches, that things have happened in their churches, all types of things. And I'm like, why is this all coming out now? In the midst of what happened at the Capitol building and, and in the midst of all that, I'm like, man, and I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, you know what it is? What it is, is that if the enemy can discredit the church, then the people have nowhere to run to. They can't run to their congressman. They don't trust them. They can't run to this person. They don't trust them. And so when the church is supposed to be that running to, they don't trust them. It's all strategy. And that's why as the people of God, we need to reconnect and show people this is the hope. 
This is why we need to come out and say, no, Jesus is still the way. Now, listen, if you want to come out with your mask, you be my guest. If you want to come out reaching with your mask, I don't care. As long as you're there, you know, you, I want to have my mask on. Well, have your mask on, but at least tell somebody because power can go through the mask. But we need people that are going to reconnect. For a lot of us, COVID-19 pushed us into the home, into the house. But it's not going to be COVID-19 that brings us out. <laughs> it's not going to be COVID-19 that says, come on out the house now. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be reconnecting with what we were doing pre-COVID. And remembering that and remembering the fruit from that and going, God, I'm not going to let this go because of, a, of this. We must realign ourselves with the casting out of demons and not running away from them. We can't run from the fight any longer. We got to go to the fight. What I want you to see is that the people dealt with separation in a way that made demons flee and the hopeless hopeful. Amen. That in our text that's how they dealt with the separators. <clears throat> that's how they dealt with the issues. That's how they dealt with the persecution. They say, we are going to deal with it this way. Instead of running away from, we're going to run to. We're going to run to the hopeless and preach to them. We're going to run to the demonically oppressed and pray for them. We are going to believe God, amen, for this nation. Not by just saying we're going to believe God. We're believing by, by getting into the streets and believing God that way. And demonstrating the gospel. It made the people who thought there was no way come in contact with the way maker. All this because the church decided, though we are scattered, we will not be divided. In other words, though we may not be physically, bodily together, but we are still connected in the kingdom. We are still connected to Christ. We are still connected to the mandate. We are still connected to the great commission. We are still connected, amen, to seeing demons flee. We are still connected, though we may not be gathered bodily. And with that being said, I want to close <clears throat> with a change of a city. In our text, Acts chapter 8, verse 8, the Bible says, And there was great joy in that city. What brought about that joy was a church that has suffered divide and persecution and still connected with God's command and destiny. The people kept heart and refused to let go. A change in that city happened because the church didn't. Listen to what I'm saying tonight. A change of atmosphere happened in that city because the church refused to change. And at large tonight, the reason why we're not seeing the impact possibly is because, amen, churches are changing. I'm not talking about just online stuff. I'm not talking about more cameras. I'm not talking about the different things that even we've had to do to adjust. What I'm saying is they are changing. No, we used to witness. We will not witness anymore. We used to gather. We will never gather again. It is thought by poll 
that one in five churches will never open back up. How I many know oh, that's not going to cause joy in the city? That's going to wreak havoc in the city. Because the church, amen, carries a spiritual dominion. And when you lose that, amen, and when that decides to go away, listen to me, the devil has free reign. The people of that city that I'm talking about in our text had joy because the scattered and the persecuted kept their joy. They said, we may be separated, but we won't, we won't be separated. We may not be able to get, we, Saul is acting crazy, but you know what? We're going to go after it still. Yes, our governor, he's saying all types of stuff, but we're still going to go after it. Our governor, you know, our congressman, he's talking crazy, but that's not going to stop us from pushing the gate, pushing uh, hell to the gates. Can you say amen? Everybody's telling us shut down, but it's not going to stop us from spreading the gospel. It's funny, I've told people about our church that we're, we were still gathering, we're still doing this, and they're looking at me like something's wrong with us. Like, you're still gathering? You're going you're gonna to be super spreaders. You're going to infect the whole city. Oh, we're going to infect them, all right. But it's not going to be what you think it is. It's going to be with the gospel. Joy was brought to this. I want you to think about that for a moment. That the people of that city had great joy because they had heard the gospel from a people that were being persecuted. This is why we cannot let this stuff enter into our church. Isn't a wonder that Jesus said in Mark 8, 15. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee and leaven of Herod. The leaven of the Pharisee would be religious heaven, uh, a leaven, excuse me. And the leaven of Herod would be political. He said, don't let that stuff in there. Don't let that stuff kill, amen, what I want you to do. Don't let them invade to a point where you stop. And we can't let these leavens kill our church, kill us. And when the church decides to stand up, <clears throat> when the church decides to reconnect, oh, there's going to be joy in that city. Oh, there's going to be joy. I can remember when we did the parade when all this COVID stuff first happened. And listen to me, we had people honking and saying, thank God for you guys. I can remember, amen, being on the street corner in the summertime and we're street preaching. And usually, amen, people are throwing eggs. Come on, somebody. People are trying to throw drinks at us, sticking the middle finger up at us. But now COVID-19 and they see a church preaching. Now they're honking. That's right. And even though they might have thought we're somebody else, the gospel is still getting out. The gospels honking their horns. That's right. Police officers, that's right. Point at us. Preach it. Because a church decided we need to bring joy to the city. And the only thing that's going to bring joy is the church preaching. See, in this atmosphere of joy, people believe again. In this atmosphere, people repent again. In this atmosphere, people trust in the Lord again. Not the joy over the persecutions, but joy over what the persecutions produced. What it caused the church to do. 
Folks, we have cities to change. We have parts of our nation, parts of our, our, our city, parts of Newport News that are in desperate need of joy. That joy doesn't come by just giving a sandwich tonight. That joy doesn't just come by doing some community service. No, that joy will come by invading a city and preaching the gospel and telling them that there is a hope in Christ. You may not have hope, amen, in the government. You may not have hope in the doctors. You don't have to trust either one because you can trust Christ. And that will bring a joy to somebody's heart who's down and out, who looks at the news every day. There will be a joy to those, amen, who will see that and say thank God because all that I'm seeing on media outlets is how bad and how worse and how oh goodness but you brought joy you gave me hope church we're going to be gathering again on the 17th notice I said we notice I know, I know what you're saying you can't see me I'm, I'm looking right at you I said we are gathering back on the 17th. That means everybody who was gathering before is coming right back. And I encourage you, be a part of that group. Because you have the ability to spread that joy. Let's reconnect after COVID. Let's reconnect after this 19. Let's reconnect after the Rona, whatever you want to call it. We're going to reconnect and not only with each other, but we're going to reconnect with the mandates. We're going to reconnect with demon fleeing. Somebody say amen. We're going to reconnect with praying for the sick. We're going to reconnect with all those things that God himself said you have the power to do. We are going to reconnect with that. And let me tell you something. Our quest for revival. Oh, our quest for revival. We'll see it take shape and we'll see it take form. As long as we decide to reconnect. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Let's bow our heads before Christ for a moment of time. God bless you. Reconnecting after COVID-19. Reconnecting after COVID-19. Again, I'm not trying to make light of anything. I'm just telling you what the Bible shows us to do. That this is the time where the church is supposed to be at its strongest. This is the time where the church is supposed to be at its boldest. When you read through scripture, when you read of the persecutions of the people of God, there were always those that stood up and said, no, no, we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do. And tonight, you're there, you're at your homes, you're, you're watching by computer, by tablet, by phone. And maybe you say, you know what, I, I need to reconnect I, I have not, I'm not connected. I'm, I, this isolation has, has brought me to a place of literal isolation. Church, you can still reconnect through repentance. You can still reconnect by letting go of the old things and the former things and being made new and say, God, I'm going to connect with you. If you're there, you're not born again. You're backslidden. Whatever the case may be, here is the opportunity. The first part of reconnecting, the first part of reconnecting is repentance. There it is. There, there it is. That's the first part. Coming back to Christ. Coming back to Jesus. So that I can go and give Jesus. 
And tonight you're here. And I want to pray. I want to believe God with all of you that want to pray. Believe God. Amen. Want to repent. Get right with the Savior. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to say simply, Jesus, I thank you for grace and mercy. And tonight, I come in repentance, asking forgiveness of my sin. And asking you, God, to touch my heart, to cleanse my heart, to cleanse my mind, to do a miracle in me, Lord. And I pray, touch my vision, God. Let me see you all the days. Let me live for you all the days of my life. And I pray, Lord, use my life for your glory. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. I thank you for the beautiful gift of salvation. And I pray, help me, Lord. And I thank you for your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.